Here we go. Final seconds. Clutch is his name. Talking sports is his game. End zone. Touchdown with no time left. Pushing the limits. They win on the last play of the ball game. There are no limits. Are you kidding? Who can you count on to make the last throw or shot? Wow, and the game is over. Mikey Clutch. This is the final play. Unbelievable. We are back. We are back. Welcome into the final play with Mikey Clutch. I am your host, Mikey Clutch. We made it past the regular season. It's playoffs time, baby. And who do we got kicking it off today? Saturday, wildcard weekend, super wildcard weekend because we got the three, three days of football. We got the Niners and the Seahawks kicking off at 3.30 today. We'll have the Jags and the Chargers tonight. We got Miami-Buffalo at noon tomorrow, the Giants in Minnesota, Baltimore-Cincinnati to top or round out Sunday, and then Dallas and Tampa Monday night football. We're going to get into our debt-free pick three at the end of the show. I'll give you my picks, who I think's going to cover the spread. I'll give you the game picks after everything and some awards. We got to finish up with the season awards for the year. Um, I'll, I'll give my prediction on who I think is going to take home those trophies. But first, let's start off with the game you know I'm most excited about. The Niners and the Seahawks. Game three of the season between these two. The Niners are 2-0. and They were 6-0 in division. Gotta love going into the playoffs undefeated against your division. The Chiefs could say that. Uh, yeah. Got everybody healthy back last week. You got Debo and Elijah Mitchell coming back. The Seattle Seahawks, they got Tyler Lockett back with that broken thumb. Um, This is going to be, you know, a little sloppy possibly. Uh, Supposed to be rain during the game today. But listen, when you got Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell, that two-headed monster in the backfield, especially McCaffrey coming over. Niners are 10-0 when he starts. Uh... Listen, this 10-game winning streak is unbelievable. They were 3-4 and four on the season and came away 13-4, and four, number two seed in the NFC. And the Seattle Seahawks, great story. Geno Smith reviving his career. Kenneth Walker, potential offensive rookie of the year. And, you know, those corners, those rookie corners and those rookie tackles on the offensive side. Seattle's a great story. You know, Pete Carroll's definitely got this team playing with heart, with grit, and he, this, he proved me wrong. I, I was totally wrong on Pete Carroll. I thought he wasn't a good coach. I thought it was all Russell Wilson. I mentioned it before, but it it was all Pete Carroll, and, and, and we see that he, he brought the most out of Russell Wilson and just knew how to play to his advantages, that run game, that strong defense to lean on, and, and, and they have it again. I know that the defense has stayed there, but the offense kind of regressed a little bit. But I'm still looking this to be a good game. We, we all know when you play a team three times, it's really hard to beat a team three times in, in the same season. We saw it last year. Listen, the Niners were 2-0 and against the Rams in the regular season and lost to them in the NFC Championship. It was a close game. I, I think this is going to be another close game. It, it's The spread's big. I'm not going to give away who I think is going to cover the spread, but I, I, I probably am right now by saying I think it's going to be a close game. But... Um, Nine and a half, that's a lot of points. Nine and a half is a lot of points, um, but 
I have full confidence that the Niners can get it done because, listen, they have the best defense in the playoffs this year. They had the best defense in the league this year. They have a potential defensive player of the year in Nick Bosa, who's been running just just been terrorizing quarterbacks and offensive lines this year. Uh, He leads the league in QB hits. I think, yeah, by 13, Max Crosby's the next closest. I think with 35 and Bosa had 48 QB hits this year. He led the league in sacks. Um, You know, he's top four or top three in QB pressures. So, you know, he's going to have a good day. And when you have a dominant defensive lineman like that, you know everybody else is going to eat. So I, I expect this 49ers defensive line to get at this Seattle offensive line. Really put the pressure on Geno Smith. But how about the other side of the ball? Brock Purdy. Big cock Brock is what some people are calling him. Mr. Relevant. I'm loving it. I'm loving exactly what I'm seeing from this kid. I'm pumped that he's in the playoffs and everybody's been saying, all right, well, prove it in the playoffs, Brock. I think he's going to prove it. He's been so calm, cool, and collective. He's confident in himself. He's got ice in his veins. And with the players and talent that he has around him, I think it just makes it easier for him and takes the pressure off his shoulders. You have a great offensive mind in Shanahan that calls plays and makes it easier on the quarterback. And like I've said, Shanahan always succeeds with a pocket thrower, and that is what Purdy is. He delivers the ball on time. He gets it to the playmakers and lets them do the rest. Listen, the Niners have been one of the best teams in the league the past few years with run after the catch. And when you got Debo Samuel coming back, he's one of the best at it. You got Kittle, who's the best, one of the best at it. McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk, who we saw in the preseason, he was poised to have his best year, and he sure did that, having a thousand yard year. Um, I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped for this team to make a very good run to the Super Bowl. I am very hopeful for that. And let's see if we can get back to that Super Bowl. But could have another NFC Championship appearance. Um, But yeah, we got to go through Seattle first. Um, But luckily, this number two seed, sealing that away from the Vikings is huge. Um, So we'd be home games the next two rounds. And then hopefully if the Eagles get knocked out, we get a home game in the NFC Championship if we if we can make it there. But um, I, I, again, I think this is going to be a close game, good game. I want to see McCaffrey go wild. And I, I really do think uh, McCaffrey is going to have a great game. I think he's going to have a great playoffs, to be honest. I, I think now we can really unlock him. He's healthy. He, we made it to the playoffs with, with him. I, I think we can now ride him a little harder. Uh, I think we're capable of that because... You got Elijah Mitchell back as well to back him up. And I, I just think these two are going to be a great one-two punch. And it's going to be hard for teams. You know, defenses wear down when you run on them. And when you can get some fresh legs with Elijah Mitchell in there, you can just keep pounding it and pounding it. Uh, so, yes, I, I'm, I'm very excited, if you can't tell, for this game. Um, go Niners. Go Niners. Second game tonight, the Chargers... At Jacksonville, Jacksonville beating Tennessee in Week 18 to lock up the AFC South and the Chargers. Bad news, Mike Williams will be out most likely for the playoffs or if the Chargers can make it to the Super Bowl, he can be back for the Super Bowl. But yeah, you kind of question Brandon Staley. I've been on this all year. I, I don't think he's the right coach for this team. I loved him last year, but... it. 
this is this is the year you had to prove it and, and you're still making some questionable calls why are you playing your guys in a meaningless game where no matter win or lose that game in week 18 it's not going to change change your playoff position you should have just rested all your guys and now you have Mike Williams out who has been a key part in the success of this team with Herbert when, when Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are out there it is hard to stop this offense because Herbert just deals and delivers the ball to these guys and they make the plays. But now you're down to him and now guys are going to be able to key up on Keenan Allen. It just makes it more difficult for this offense who kind of struggles. Um, they're kind of inconsistent. Yes, you got Herbert who's been phenomenal because he takes the checkdowns this year. But you got Trevor fucking Lawrence on the other side and I'm loving that this is going to be in a nice, warm weather state. And I mean, granted, if it was at SoFi, you'd have completely perfect conditions in LA in a dome. But I'm just, I'm, I'm excited. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert, these two, one of them's going to come away with their first playoff win. And you know, if you listen to this show. That I was huge on the Chargers. They're one of my favorite teams in the AFC. But if you know me, going back, Jacksonville has been one of my favorite teams growing up. It was just for some reason that was the, the, the AFC team that I, I I was drawn to. You had Mark Brunel, Keenan McCardell. Um, you had Fred Jones. Like all those guys, I, I fell in love with this team. And now that you have Trevor Lawrence, who is undefeated on Saturday, by the way, in his entire football career going back to high school so I'm excited to see what he does he finished strong and he this year was the year to show that listen this was the number one pick and this was the best quarterback in that draft last year and this was the guy who we were promised and some shows dub him the prince that was promised and I'm I'm so excited for Herbert and Lawrence and listen these defenses have been playing really well this year as well but the Jags last five games, five and zero, five and zero, and they gave up three points or six points total in two games. I know it was against the Jets and and the Texans, but you beat the Cowboys in OT. You beat the Tennessee Titans twice in that span. I, I think the Jags are primed to make uh, make some surprises. They're underdogs at home. Watch out for this upset. Really watch out for this upset because I do think Mike Williams is going to be that big of a factor. And I like the Jags defense as much as this Chargers defense has playmakers and superstars on it. They've been inconsistent. And Brandon Staley is a defensive-minded guy. You have to have that defense right. Your defense should not be underperforming from the talent aspect that you have on that side of the ball. So I'm expecting this Jags offense to look good against this Chargers defense but game two tonight against these two it's going to be a good one uh, I'm hoping it's a fireworks show moving on to tomorrow's game the first game we got Miami at Buffalo this is probably going to be the worst game of, of the weekend because Miami probably going to be Skylar Thompson out there third string quarterback rookie against this Buffalo team who has a lot to play for DeMar Hamlin Discharged from the hospital. This team is in his corner, playing, fighting for him. And they have all the talent. And Miami, just with if Tua was in there, I think this is a different ball game. Miami played them 
great both games. Lost by a field goal in game two in the in the snowy weather in Buffalo where everybody thought Miami didn't have a chance going in there. And then obviously earlier in the year, win at home against Buffalo in that heat. But it's just, in, in another thing, Raheem Mostert, if he doesn't break his hand uh, in week 18, I think they have a, a decent shot at keeping it close. But I think Buffalo is going to run away with this one. I don't think it's going to be close. First game uh, or playoff game at home this year. I think they want to put their stamp and mark because they were the preseason favorites. I think they're going to show why they were the preseason favorites um, in this game against the Dolphins. I think Josh Allen's going to have a hell of a game. I think they're going to be able to kind of pull away early and rest some guys. It might be like a a, a semi-bye week, I feel like, for, for the Buffalo Bills in this one. I, I think they're going to be able to run up the score. They're going to look good, come out swinging, firing on all cylinders. I just don't think Miami... With Skylar Thompson has the ability to keep this close at all, and I think Bradley Chubb is questionable. Teron Armstead, that is a key of of coming back. Uh, Teron Armstead is a huge deal get, getting him back uh, in this game uh, for for the Dolphins, but I just don't think it's going to be enough because you, you you need a quarterback that's going to be able to one step up in in a, in a huge moment in the playoffs. And uh, you just, I, I just, I don't see how Miami wins this or even keeps it close. I just don't see it. And it's unfortunate because this would have been a great rubber match if Tua was playing. Um, but Miami's got a lot of questions. What do they want to do going into next year? You know, two or three concussions in one season. I don't know how you can go into next year. With a healthy Tua, I get it. You have this whole offseason, but. I think you're gonna get need to get some insurance, some type of insurance, and is that Derek Carr going after Derek Carr? Is that possibly getting Tom Brady, who you were trying to go after this offseason? Um, and you know, it came out before the season started, and then he 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 planned, he retired, and then he unretired. So could this be uh, what leads Brady coming to Miami, just getting blown out? by the Dolphins and Tua's health concerns because he has a injury history, you know, coming out of Alabama, he had that hip. Uh, it took him a while, and then it just, it, is this guy going to be the guy? I honestly think if Tua doesn't have any concussions this year, this Miami Dolphins team could have potentially been fighting for the the division, the, the division title in, in the AFC East. So, um, but, you know, three concussions, it changed the tra- it changed the trajectory of this team and the outcome of the season for the Dolphins. I feel bad for them, but I think this is Buffalo's game. Uh, I just don't see how Buffalo loses. Game two tomorrow. Uh, if you're seeing a trend in every single matchup, it's teams playing each other for the third time, or it's it's another a second match, you know, you know, you go back again, the Niners playing the Seahawks division opponent third time charges in Jacksonville, Jacksonville blew out the chargers in LA in the regular season. You have Buffalo, Miami third meeting division opponents. You got New York and Minnesota who had a great, great matchup this season. And it was close. Uh, it was close. It was 27 to 24. You know, the giants lost to the Vikings, in Minnesota, so this is another a rematch, and I you got Baltimore, Cincy a third time, Dallas and Tampa, you know week one. So every matchup this week, it's pretty cool. It's either uh, a third match 
or it's a rematch. And uh, this one, listen, a lot of people are on the on the Giants here. I don't know why. You got Daniel Jones at quarterback. I'm sticking with Minnesota. I, I, I think Minnesota, they just have too much talent. I don't trust Daniel Jones, especially in the playoffs. This is definitely his better season since his rookie year. Um, I really like what Dayball has done with this team. And see what happens when you get a grade, an A-plus head coach in the building. Your franchise changes overnight. You got guys who are average to below average uh, playing over their expectations, and that's exactly what he was able to do with Daniel Jones. He turned the ball over less this year. Look at only five interceptions. The fumble rate was down dramatically than what it has been. If you can run the ball, that's the one thing you can do on this Minnesota team is run the ball, and you got Saquon Barkley, a top five back in this league. But let's see what Minnesota does. You know, the Giants defense was playing pretty solid. Um, they're all healthy. They were smart, rested all their starters in Week 18. They had nothing to play for. They're going to be healthy, completely healthy going uh, into Minnesota. But I just think Minnesota's firepower on offense is too much. You got Hawkinson. You got, obviously, Justin Jefferson, who's probably going to be the offensive player of the year. You, you, you have Kirk Cousins, who's you know plays really well, but it is primetime Kirk or standalone game Kirk. But I, I trust this Minnesota team at home. I think they've they're eight and one at home all year. Uh, it, I think it's just going to be too much to handle. You can run on this Giants defense. You got Dalvin Cook and Madison a two uh, one two punch in that backfield. I, I like Minnesota at home. I think it's going to be a close game. I I still think it is a field goal game as it should be. But I, I, Minnesota just they they like playing close games. Uh, it, it is what it is. Like they. Every game has to be a one-possession game, and I think that's what it's going to come down to. Again, a one-possession game with these two teams, but I expect some 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 explosions in the running game on both sides of the ball. On both sides of the ball, but I got the Vikings edging out the Giants. Next one, Cincinnati, two weeks in a row playing Baltimore at home. Division winners, no Lamar Jackson. He just isn't right, and Tyler Huntley, I think, is also questionable, but I think he should get the start. Um, I, again, a game that I don't think is going to be necessarily close. It, I think the only way it is close is because you got John Harbaugh as your head coach, and he can coach this defense. Uh, hell, of a, hell of a coach. I think the only reason why the Baltimore Ravens were able to sneak into the playoffs and make it was because Harbaugh's their coach, so... If they fire Harbaugh or get a new head coach, I think they're stupid. They need to get a new offensive coordinator because Greg Roman, I think his his time in Baltimore is up. You know, underwhelming uh, performance this year, even when Lamar Jackson was in there. But it's just this Ravens offense. It's just you miss that element of Lamar's legs, and without his legs, it's really hard to move the ball and put up points. And listen, you got Joe Burrow. My favorite quarterback in the ASC playing on that side, and I just don't see how this Ravens defense, who has played well, um, can stop that three-headed monster, that three-headed receiving core with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, who had a hell of a season, Tyler Boyd, who's a fucking great slot receiver, and then obviously you add in Joe Mixon, who can you know really run the ball, so... 
And, and Samaji Piran got some starting time when Mixon was out. So now he's got some reps and he can do some damage in the passing game. He's a great third down back, receiving back out of the backfield. I, I just think it's too much. And the Cincinnati defense, a, a lot of people want to, I'm telling you, they're underrated. Uh, I've been saying that all year. I, I just think this defense doesn't get a lot of love and they don't give up a lot of points either. And I, I just, I think Cincy, is going to go out at home. I think they kind of got robbed. Uh, you know, with uh, obviously the DeMar Ham- Hamlin situation was sensitive. You wanted to make sure he was healthy. Um, but now because that game wasn't, you know, picked back up and it was completely canceled, Cincinnati should be a two seed. I think they were going to go, they were going to be Buffalo and that would have put them in the number two seed. So uh, they kind of disadvantaged not having home, home you know the second home field advantage in the playoffs but listen they went on the road and and beat the Chiefs last year in Arrowhead I I think the Bengals they got that experience they made it to the Super Bowl they were one play away from winning it um you know Aaron Donald makes that fucking phenomenal play at the end and Jamar Chase was wide open He, he burned Jalen Ramsey if he had a half a second a second more um that's a touchdown to chase and the game's over and Cincinnati wins that fucking Super Bowl. Um, but listen, they're, they're hungry. They're ready. Burrow is probably the most confident quarterback I've ever seen in the league. He's just, he's got that swag. He, Joe Burr, those Cartier glasses. I love it. He's got that turtleneck. Just who could pull off a turtleneck like that in the league? I, I listen, I, I love Burrow and the Bengals. Um, they're probably my favorites coming out of the AFC this year. Uh, I just I don't know how Tyler Huntley or even the third string quarterback can keep up with this Bengals offense. Uh, it's just it's unfortunate that Lamar's not in there because we're kind of going to get robbed of a, a of a great playoff matchup, a rubber match uh, as both teams beat each other in, in the season. Um, you know, Ravens won the first matchup by a field goal. Justin Tucker, of course, the goat uh, kicker in the league beat them, but, uh, you know, Bengals are on that win streak, just like the Niners, uh, I think it's an eight-gamer, should be a nine-gamer, but I think since he stays hot and wins at home, beats Baltimore, finally, Monday night football, the Dallas Cowboys at Tampa, Tampa squeaking in with a losing record, winning that division, that horrible NFC South, but the Dallas, you know, they're playing Dallas, and Dallas, I think, has lost the last nine road playoff games. And we've seen this year in and year out with Dallas. Play super well in the regular season. Fizzle. You know, they're inconsistent. Make it to the playoffs and they're a first round bounce. Um, so I just... I don't know. The thing is, this this Tampa team has been so bad this year, inconsistent on offense, couldn't really get on the same page. But they kind of looked good the last two weeks, moving the ball. They just don't score a lot of points like they used to. Um, and that's the thing. This Dallas offense puts up a lot of points. Uh, it, it's just, let's see what Dallas Cowboys would get. And this is, this is probably the toughest game I think I have a read on because both teams have the histories they do in how they perform this year. Dallas's offense or defense, I give them the edge. The Dallas offense, I give them an edge. But there's something about that Tom Brady aura that you just can't count them out. But the offensive line is banged up. I want 
I want to see Micah Parsons have a hell of a day. If, if Micah Parsons is wreaking havoc and getting pressure on Tom Brady and Brady can't just lock it up to Dallas. I think Dallas is going to win. But if the Bucs can go out there and run the ball on this Dallas defense and there's a couple deep shots to Mike Evans or Julio Jones in this game and and they can actually catch the ball and get these big completions, these big plays, then I I get the edge to Tampa. But I think this is definitely going to be a one-score game. We'll see if the uh, the Buccaneers' defense can step up and show up. Uh, I, I know they played pretty decently uh, towards the end of the season, not giving up many points. I, I mean, if you go back, you know, when they played the Ravens on Thursday night, you know, 27 points, um, then they give up 21, 20, 15. Obviously, the 41 to the Chiefs is a lot, but then 14 to the Packers, 10 to the Saints, or sorry, I'm going the wrong way. That was the beginning of the season. I think that defense has the potential to not allow a lot of points. And Dak has been so inconsistent this year. Was it seven straight games with an interception? He led the league in picks and didn't even play a full season. He played almost half the games of everybody else, basically. So if if Dak turns the ball over. That is a recipe of disaster that we're going to see another Cowboys f- out in the first round. Um, but let's see. Let, let's see if they can if they can run the ball with Zeke and Pollard, keep it simple, take the pressure off Dak. I think if he can drop back 25 times, throw the ball 25 times, the Cowboys are going to win this game. Have Dak throw the ball 25 times, run the ball the rest with, with Pollard and Zeke, just Run, chew that clock, keep the ball out of Brady's hands. Don't give him a chance to come back. I think Dallas can win this game. But yeah, like I said, this is the toughest game to get a read on. But I'm going to go with the Cowboys on the road to beat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. And this is going to be Tampa, or Tom Brady's potential last game for the Buccaneers before he makes his decision on where else he's going to play next year. Because I think he's got one more year in him. All right. Those are my predictions, the preview of every game. Before I do my debt-free pick three, let's get into the NFL end-of-the-year awards. I'll go through them quickly because I really want to get these debt-free pick threes because we got a game. Right now, it's 1.51 Central Time. Kickoff, hour and 40 minutes away from the Niners and Seattle game. So excited for that. But... End of the year awards, always a big deal. I'll start off with the defensive rookie of the year. I think that one is unanimous. Sauce Gardner of the New York Jets, cornerback. I think he's a first-team All-Pro as a rookie, and that is hard to do. I just think nobody was even close to his production on him shutting down top receivers when he did go against them. You know, Justin Jefferson had a rough day. Stephon Diggs had a rough day. You got guys he was shutting down, top of the league guys um, that he was able to bottle up. I, I think unanimous, without a question, it is Sauce Gardner, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now, being a homer, I would go Brock Purdy just because 6-0, rookie quarterback, phenomenal, you know, play when he came in. He, he's he's the first rookie quarterback since Ben Roethlisberger to, to win five straight games or go 5-0. and um, And 
Rafael Roethlisberger, I think, went thirteen and zero. I remember that he he won like his first thirteen games or what may have you for Pittsburgh. Um, but I think it's going to go to Kenneth Walker, uh, the third. I, I just think. You know, he led rookie running backs in yards and touchdowns. He played longer. I think Purdy had one or two more games in him, and he won and, and put up the numbers. But, again, Purdy had, what was a 100, plus over 110 passer rating all year. That's amazing. That's Patrick Mahomes' numbers. I'm not comparing him to Patrick Mahomes, but I'm just saying he did what Patrick Mahomes did his first season, because Patrick Mahomes obviously wasn't a rookie in, in uh, you know, year two. He sat the whole first year and played the last game of the season. But um, I, I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker. I, 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 w- I would be happy if Brock Purdy won it, but I just think he didn't play enough games to win it. So I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker uh, for Seattle. Defensive player of the year. I think, again, unanimous. Nick Bosa. That's not being over. He led the league in sacks, like I said. Led the league in QB hits. He was 13 more than the next guy, Max Crosby. Um, and I think he was second in the league in tackles for loss. The first, I think, was Miles Garrett, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, actually, I think that was my, Max Crosby. But Bosa, just you, you could see it. He dominates. He ma- he looks good on, on the field. He makes his teammates look good. He, he, he locks up a lot of double teams, which frees up his guys. Like Ebukam, uh, you got or uh, Eric Armstead, who looks phenomenal. Just anybody on that defensive front can eat when Nick Bosa is healthy and wreaking havoc, like I said, in that backfield. Offensive player of the year. I think you have to go with Justin Jefferson. Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill was making a case. I think if Tua played all, every game and was healthy again, no concussions, I think Tyreek Hill would have had a 2,000 yard receiving season, to be honest. Um, but I, I just think with Justin Jefferson, uh, those Minnesota Vikings winning the division, how dominant they were. Uh, they had that division locked up real early and, and he just week in and week out. I mean, he made some phenomenal catches. He had 1,800 yards this year. Uh, 128 receptions, eight touchdowns. I just think Nobody could catch him. Um, I, you know, Devontae Adams had a phenomenal year too, and probably had more of a, a uphill battle. Uh, but I would give it to Justin Jefferson. I just think he he was the best receiver on the field almost every week. Uh, he he touched the field, uh, you know, against whoever. So I'm gonna go with Justin Jefferson, um, the offensive player of the year. My coach of the year. This one's tough. I really do think this one's tough. Um, there's a lot of coaches. I can, again, being a homer, I can go Shanahan. Three different quarterbacks he had start this year, and, and they rattled off a 10-game winning streak. I can go Nick Sirianni. You know, they were the best team all year in the league. When Jalen Hurts played, uh, they, they didn't lose basically every game he played except for that one against Washington. Um, I, I I can go Brian Dable. I can, I can go... Uh, Doug Peterson, but I, I think I gotta have to go Nick Sirianni, um, just because of the way the Philly, Philadelphia Eagles dominated. And again, when Hertz, when they had their starting quarterback, um, they, they were what 14 and one. So I think it has to go to Sirianni. They, they, they looked the best all year, both sides of the ball, um, 
I, I, I just, you know, Sh Shanahan might have a shot, like I said, or Doug Peterson. Listen, that Jacksonville Jaguars team was the worst team in the league last year. He gets them a division title this year. Trevor Lawrence looked like a number one draft pick franchise quarterback. And, you know, they're, they're in the playoffs. And they're going to have, they have a home game in the playoffs against the Chargers tonight. So um, I can go there. But I think I'm just going to go Sirianni because they were the best all year. And my NFL MVP, you have to give it to the best quarterback in the entire league. And that's Patrick Mahomes. I, I, I think Mahomes ran away with it. Another 5,000 yard year, 41 touchdowns, uh, you know, 67% completion percentage, and the best team in the AFC, best record, tied for the best record in the league, 14-3, and three. of course the Chiefs, number one seed, what's new, What what is new, you know, Andy Reid and Mahomes just do things, uh, come up with plays, he saw that snow globe play against the Raiders, it was funny, I, I forgot who tweeted, I was like, okay, the, the Chiefs are just playing with their food now, and and that's what they do. Like they're they're just so cocky and confident. They have the best quarterback in the league. Why wouldn't you be? And uh, Mahomes uh, again shined. And, and there's like nothing this guy can't do. And I think he's gonna lock up his second MVP uh, award at 27 years old. And and that was another crazy stat, is that in the AFC playoffs, the young or the oldest quarterback is Patrick Mahomes at 27 years old. 27 years old is the oldest quarterback in the NFC playoffs. So. Um, that wraps up my awards. Uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Sauce Gardner. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Kenneth Walker III. Defensive Player of the Year, Nick Bosa. Offensive Player of the Year, Justin Jefferson. Coach of the Year, Nick Sirianni. And my MVP of the NFL is Patrick Mahomes. Um, and, and that rounds out the awards. But now, playoff edition of the Debt Free Pick 3. We don't do anything illegal. Debt free, pick three. Look what I found in my pocket. Look, a year's salary right here. What I call them? A fun coupon. This is the debt free pick three. On the final play with Mikey Clutch. And since it's the playoffs, since it's a special debt free pick three, and there's six games, I'm going all six games. We'll start with today's game. Uh, I already rattled off the reasons. I, I, I think this is going to be a one-possession game. I just think it, it, it's hard to blow out a team uh, three times, you know. And I know the second game wasn't really a blowout. The first game was a blowout. Seattle has some cheap fourth-quarter touchdowns. I think this is going to be close. Um, I'm going to take Seattle plus 9.5 on the road. Uh, but I, I still think the Niners are going to win this one. I'll even give a score prediction. I think this is probably going to be a 27, or with the rain, it's probably going to be a 24 to 17 game. That's what I'm predicting 24 17 Niners, but the Seattle Seahawks cover the spread of plus nine and a half on the road. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags are home dogs. I'm taking the Jags plus one and a half. It was plus two and a half at a time. Uh, the Jags are eight and nine against the spread. The Chargers are 11 5 and 1 against the spread, but with Mike Williams being out, I do think that's going to be a huge hit and a huge loss for the Chargers. And I do like the defensive front of the Jags to get some pressure on Herbert. I think Rashawn Slater is still out, their best tackle um, on that line. I, I'm taking the Jags plus one and a half 
home dogs uh, and and to win, to win outright. I got the Jags winning uh, 28 to 24. Uh, Miami Dolphins on the road at Buffalo. Buffalo Bills minus 13 and a half. I, I take it, take it. I know it's a two touchdown spread, but Skylar Thompson against this Bills defense, who I think is getting Micah Hyde back. So you got Micah Hyde and uh, Poyer in, in the secondary. Uh, and Jordavion White came back this season. It's just going to be too much. Uh, and without Mostert even to be able to run the ball and kind of, you know, drain that clock and keep the Bills offense off the field. I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up uh, with Josh Allen in, in this high power offense as well. I, I got the Buffalo Bills minus 13 and a half at home against the Dolphins. Minnesota Vikings minus three uh, against the New York Giants. I think either way, this one, you could pick either team because I think it is going to be a three a, a field goal game. I, I, I think this one uh, I, I'm going to take Minnesota just because I think they're going to win by a field goal. So I think this one's going to push. So if you want to do an alternate spread of minus two and a half for the Vikings, I would do that um, because I do think they're going to win by a field goal at home, whether it's overtime or regulation. This could be an overtime game, to be honest. And I think this is going to be almost the same score, um, but I'm, I'm going to go uh, 24-21 Minnesota to win this one at home. The Cincinnati Bengals at home against the Baltimore Ravens. Again, no Lamar Jackson. Minus eight and a half, the Bengals. Big number for a division opponent. I'm taking the Bengals minus eight and a half. I am. I'm going to take a minus eight and a half at home. Uh, They've really had the Baltimore Ravens number the past couple years. Uh, Obviously, the first game, they lost to the Ravens by a field goal, but that was Lamar Jackson. Uh, They played last week. I think... You got a better feel for this team, and you're going to be able to move the ball. Um, and the, the big hit for the Bengals, though, is Alex Kappa. Their, their guard is out for this game, so Burrow might be under some pressure. But I, I, I just I trust Burrow in this offense to put up some points. Minus eight and a half. I'm taking the Bengals at home. Uh, I'll say 28 to 13 is going to be the score of that game. And then finally, Tampa Bay Bucks at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Tampa's plus two and a half. So that means the Cowboys are minus two and a half on the road. I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm taking the Cowboys to beat the Bucs. And it might be a field goal game. I'll take them to win 31 to 27. How about that? 31 to 27 against Tampa Bay. Um, I I just think this defense with the injuries of the Bucs offense line is going to be able to get to Brady, put some pressure on and Dak Prescott, uh, I think he's he's going to look good. I, I think he's going to quiet some critics. I know that game uh, against the Washington Commanders looked really bad week final week of the season, but I think he has a bounce back game, and he uh, he beats the Bucks. I think he beats the Bucks. Like I said, uh, thirty one to twenty seven. Uh, I got the Cowboys minus two and a half. So to recap, we got the uh, the Seattle Seahawks plus nine and a half on the road. The Jacksonville Jaguars plus one and a half at home. The Buffalo Bills minus 13 and a half at home. The Vikings minus three at home. The Bengals minus eight and a half at home. And the Cowboys minus two and a half on the road. And Tampa, a lot of favorites this week, except for that Seattle game, basically, uh, and the Jacksonville game. But that's a debt free pick three. That is the wild, super wild car weekend show. That's going to do it. Enjoy some football this weekend. And we'll be back.
to cover the divisional round next week and recap these games that happened in the Super Wild Card Weekend. Enjoy. And this has been The Final Play with Mikey Clutch. Peace. You have just tuned into The Final Play with Mikey Clutch on ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. It's not just sports. It's a way of life.